This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishnadas shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishnadas's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Did I hang out with Wavy Gravy, Lisa Law, and the pig, the hog farmers, not the pig farmers? <laughs> they were hog farmers. Uh, not that much, but Wavy and I used to run around Berkeley together singing his song, Basic Human Needs in the Street. We, uh, I knew him fairly well at the time, and then I lost track for a long time. Uh, they actually showed up in India once, uh, in I think seventy one, they had come across in in the in the bus. So yeah, and Wavy was very close friends with Larry Brilliant, who was with us with Maharaji, and who wrote a great book called Sometimes Brilliant, and it's all about the uh, the the conquering of the smallpox in in India, the d- destruction and eradication of smallpox, which used to kill a half a million people a year, children, everybody. It was a devastating painful, horrific disease, and um, they eradicated it with Maharaji's blessing. And he sent Larry to work with the United Nations Health Organization. And uh, so it's an incredible story and a great book. Larry's a great writer. You'll love it. Sometimes brilliant. What advice do you have? Advice is something I try not to give, but because no one knows for anybody else. What advice do you give, have for people who do not or are not able to take actions towards their well-being despite, I keep losing these questions, despite, uh, despite themselves, have to cure themselves despite knowing how to cure themselves. I'm asking for a family member with panic disorder. Well, you know, uh, there's a very great Lama named Mingyur Rinpoche. 
he's one of the younger, younger, he's in his 40s now for sure, who had panic attacks. And there's an incredible book called The Joy of, oh, what's it called? Joy of Being, is it? Someone knows. Nina must know. Put it in the chat. Joy of Being. I think that's what it's called. It's a very beautiful book, and it talks about his working with uh, his panic attacks, and he overcame them. You know, I don't know. Uh, if a person doesn't feel motivated or feel able to deal with the issue, it's very hard to help them. Mingyu Rinpoche used to talk about how not only did he have panic attacks, which were terrifying, and but he also had panic about the panic attacks. And once he started working on that, it loosened everything up. It's an incredible story. Uh, Joy of Living, sorry, is the name of the book. Joy of Living, Mingyur Rinpoche, M-I-N-G-U. M-I-N-G-Y-U-R, Rinpoche. Uh, he was very, motiv very motivated to overcome that, and he did overcome it. So it can be done in many ways. There are many ways to deal with these things, but a person has to want to deal with them. So uh, I mean, if there's anything you can do to help that person feel like they don't need to be ashamed of this and that it's nothing wrong, that inside they're okay, but outside they're having problems, you know, that would be great. But the person themselves really has to want to heal themselves or be healed either with outside help or however. And that's something that you can't make somebody do. Would I perform at the Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, no. I'd like to watch the Super Bowl, but I don't want to perform there. Somebody wants me to talk a little bit about Bernie Glassman. Oh, I wish there was a book written about Bernie. Not yet, but I hope someday somebody will write about him. He was an incredible being. He uh, was a Zen master. He'd done all the hard training in Japan, long hours, days, weeks, months of intense meditation practice. It's a very intense path. It can be. Many forms of practice. And... Uh, I remember seeing his picture sometimes in the spiritual magazines and talked about how he used to take people out into the streets on what they called homeless retreats, where they would leave everything at home, their credit cards, their money, their cell phones, and they'd go out into the streets with Bernie for some days or week or more. They would eat at soup kitchens and sleep in shelters or in the park 
and they would they wanted to read the paper they could take it out of the garbage that kind of thing very intense practice you know and bernie was he had been trained and there there's a uh, something called kencho i think it's called which is a a glimpse of enlightenment a glimpse of freedom an enlightenment experience where you can have a brief vision or experience of freedom and they say that through the zazen practice the zen meditation practice you can have these experiences and bernie had been trained and was able to lead meditation retreats and people at those retreats would have these experiences he knew how to precipitate this experience for people and he so he was very involved in the traditional zen practices but then he began to feel a little differently about it he began to realize he felt that the only thing that prevents us from being at ease in our lives and being at ease in our hearts is our fears and our fears we we cut ourselves off from people we protect people we from people and, and it creates and it it closes our hearts down so he had the idea to go to the places where there was the most fear and be there and work with it work on releasing it work on facing it so part of his practices were taking people to these places in the world where there was a lot of fear a lot of violence i think they went to ireland they went to rwanda they used to also go and still go to uh auschwitz where there was tremendous suffering millions of people were murdered and he always felt that the souls there uh needed to us to witness their suffering and for us to go there it's very big thing very emotional and very uh uh can be very difficult and very painful to go there and face your own fears because if you're going to witness and be with someone you have to drop your own stuff you have to not be avoiding your own pain or avoiding your own stuff you have to be there for somebody and in that intense environment of auschwitz and these other places uh your stuff becomes very visible very quickly and you have a great opportunity to see through it to let it go at least temporarily so i used to see these little advertisements for bernie and he looked so scary i thought oh, i don't want to meet this guy and then uh in 1999 i went to this ashram in the bahamas for the first time to sing and he invited me and bernie was there and we met and it was love at first sight i just fell in love with him he was so wonderful and he said to me I listen to you every day. I said, "What?" <laughs> said, You're a Zen master. You can't do that. 
He said, I listened to you every day. He said, when my wife died, I was so upset. The only thing I could do was put on headphones and listen to Om Namah Shivaya and write letters and do some of my work. It was the only time. It saved me. So we, I don't know, we just became so much. Then he had a stroke some years ago. And he was very, really compromised. And he was home for maybe a year and a half, I think, after the stroke. And uh, I used to go to see him. Last time I saw him, I, I took him out for breakfast and we drove to this diner that he liked. And we got a table at the diner and he ordered a plate of pancakes, three huge pancakes. And when it came, he said, oh, this is too much. Next time I'll just order one pancake. But at one point he was getting up to go to the bathroom and he had a walker. Was it a walker or a, I think it was a, 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 what do you call it? You know, one of those things I'll be using soon to get around. And he got up and he started walking towards the bathroom and I, I said, Bernie, uh, are you all right? And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, scary, but okay. And he went into the bathroom and came back and we had our breakfast. That was the last time I saw him. It was scary. He could fall, anything could happen. It, it was, he was very fragile, but he was also okay. That's a big thing, very much like Ram Dass. Even though he suffered terribly in that wheelchair from that stroke for so many years, he was okay with it. It's amazing, amazing conquering of, of pride and, and anger and all that stuff, humility, amazing. So Bernie was a great man and a very dear, 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 dear elder friend of mine. And he wrote a bunch of books, a bunch of books. One's called uh, Instructions to the Cook, which is an updating of a famous Japanese text talking about how, about, you know, life lessons. Uh, and he wrote another book with Jeff Bridges called The Dude and the Zen Master which is really great. Whoa, a lot of questions today. Okay, hold on. I haven't been to Brazil, me, in a long time. Can we expect to see you there? Here, oh, you're writing from Brazil, wonderful when things go back to normal. If things ever go back to normal, I would love to come back to Brazil. So let's see. Is it also delusion if we want to withdraw from the world and only do spiritual practices? Sometimes it seems hard to get things done in the material world when all I want is Shiva. Well, 
Your understanding of Shiva is limited, to say the least. Shiva encompasses all life and all times, past, present, and future. Shiva is your true nature. There's nowhere that Shiva is not. But you, in your, and we, in our egoistic likes and dislikes, we want some type of experience. We want pleasure. We want a taste that we like, and we don't want the taste that we don't like. So that disqualifies us right away from actually meeting Shiva, who is beyond likes and dislikes. So I would try to get over this idea that, that Shiva is somewhere else. And when you learn to deal with your life with equanimity and kindness and compassion for yourself and everybody in your life, then you'll have a shot at actually meeting Shiva, but not before. So there's nowhere to go. You can go to a mountain or jungle and, and get a little bit quiet because your, your stuff is not being activated. But all those seeds are in there. And the minute you come back into the desire realm, of course, you're in the desire realm anyway when you're in the jungle all trying to be quiet because your desire is to, to avoid anything that'll piss you off or turn you on or fuck you up. So that's not helpful, period, because there's no place that you go where you won't be there, where your stuff won't be right with you. So it's better to deal with all that stuff right now while you have the opportunity to do it and stop thinking that God is waiting for you somewhere else. God is living within you as you right now, but you haven't developed the ability we haven't developed the ability to look in the right direction yet. And that's what practice is about. Practice is not about getting some particular type of experience that you like and keeping away all the experiences you don't like. It's dealing with the anxiety and the anger and the desire and the manipulation and the fear and the shame and the guilt. This is the stuff that you carry with you all the time. There's nowhere you can go where that stuff won't be. Nowhere. And no time until we deal with it. Unfortunately, that's the good news and the bad news. Good news is we can deal with it. The bad news is we better deal with it. So, good luck. So in answer to your question, yes, it is delusion to try to withdraw from life. There's nowhere you can go. How do we deal with loneliness or a sense of hollowness? You know, once again, same thing. These feelings are feelings which we believe. We identify with them. Our feel, I feel like I'm hollow, I feel empty, I feel lonely. They're emotions. And we believe them, and so we suffer. There's a difference between alone and lonely. 
Someone can be alone and not lonely. And somebody could be lonely in a crowd also. Our work is to plant the seeds within us that will allow us to release these, these emotions that crush us and hurt us. That's what practice is about. It's not gritting your teeth and trying to make something else happen. It's about planting the seeds, doing the practice, and developing an attitude towards these emotional experiences that is helpful. An attitude that is uh, that will lead us into a way of overcoming those emotional hurts and those betrayals and everything. There's nowhere to go to get away from this stuff. But when we become like the sky, then those clouds just pass through. But to become like the sky is big work. That's our true nature, sky-like awareness, sky-like consciousness, like space. But it takes practice. So. <laughs> How can I curb my anger at Mitch McConnell? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody loves Mitch McConnell. His mother maybe did. Maybe his wife loves him. Maybe if he has kids, his kids love him. So from somebody's point of view, he's lovable. Uh, if you're on the other side of the political fence, maybe you don't love him. But beyond both sides of the fence, everybody's just being themselves and they're allowed to do that. And more than that, they're creating by their own actions, they're creating karmas that are inescapable, just like for us. Our own actions create karmas that are also inescapable. So if we're caught with anger and in anger and judgment of other people, that anger plants seeds in us also of more anger. And that's not helpful. But it's also very difficult to let go of, to kind of see through and release. No question about it. It's very difficult. But, you know, what else are we doing? What else we got to do? You've already watched everything on Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime, and Apple TV. Time to get to work. <laughs> so, very hard not to get caught. In the, in the drama. But it's not a question of not getting a call. It's a question of doing what we have to do to open our hearts wide as the world and let everything be as it is. We don't know the good guys from the bad guys. Sometimes the good guys, good guys look like bad guys and some like the bad guys look like good guys. Within our limited view, we think we know, but it might not be, we don't know. 
So let's just take care of our own shit first because that's what we have to do. And anger and judgment is our problem, not theirs. So let's try to get to a place where we're less reactive and where we can move forward in, in the best way for ourselves and others. And that's going to only come through some practice and through talking ourselves down when we get very crazy with stuff. So. Am I one of Hilda's kids? Yes, I was with Hilda for a short time in New York in the old days. And uh, she was very kind to me. <laughs> Do you get, in, ir, I think you meant irritated with people trying to make me their guru rather than the man that I am and repeatedly assure people that I am. But each week, that's just person tunes in there insistent that I am a god and that I'm playing my instrument like with my mind because you can't see my hands moving. It's not worth getting irritated about. Everybody's free to be as uh, delusional as they would like. I can just be me, that's all. <laughs> Any advice for finding time for prayer and meditation? Life is so busy with work and family obligations. <sighs> Your job is to love everyone. That's our job ultimately, to get to a place where we do love everyone. That means your family, too. So, you, this is very common. We all think we need to shelter ourselves off from our lives in order to find some peace. But that kind of peace will not last because there will always be stuff out there to bring you out of that fake temporary peace that you think you found. That's not real peace. Peace is actually our true nature. Underneath the clouds, behind the clouds of stuff, there is peace. So because you're fighting that and judging that and thinking that you don't have enough time to meditate, what's in your life is in your life. There's nothing you can do about it. So now, do the best you can. But it's not a, it's not a question of, of, of that you're too busy. It's that you're too critical and too judgmental. And, too, uh, and we're too, uh, we have an idea of what it's supposed to be. But it's not supposed to be something other than it is right now. It isn't. What it is, is what it is. So now, within this context, release your tension. 
your tension is about tr because you're trying to make it something else. If you weren't so tense and fighting what is, you'll take care of what's in front of you without any anger and irritation and angst. And then you'll be at ease and you'll be in a meditative state. So you have to develop this point of view because this is the only thing that can save us. If we keep trying to arrange our lives so that we feel good, we'll never be successful. Things are always changing, always moving around. We can never keep things, we're not in control of life. The only thing we could ever control would be our own reactions. And that means relaxing and letting go. And maybe a time will come where there'll be less engagement with daily life, and then you'll be at ease with that too. Start where you are. Don't try to change where you are so you can feel okay. It won't work. Be okay. Develop okayness with it as it is, and then everything will be okay everywhere, all the time. I have a difficult time getting the little voices out of my head and feelings of guilt from my fundamentalist Christian childhood when I'm chanting and meditating. I can hear my family saying I'm going to hell. Any advice? <laughs> well, just tell them you'll be happy to get there and see them. Tell them to wait for you. Make some coffee for you. You'll be there soon. Yeah, this is same thing, stories. Uh, we believe everything we think. We believe the stories in our head that we tell ourselves. I mean, it's not like we tell ourselves. I'm not sitting here telling myself that I'm an asshole. But my actions show that I feel like I'm an asshole. I don't feel worthy of love. I don't feel kind enough or open enough or spiritual enough or anything, all this stuff that's always running in the background. When you sit down to meditate, your only job is to let go of that stuff again and again and come back to the sound of the name. That's very simple. You don't have to check off how long it took you. You don't have to check off if you really left it, let it go and how you felt for the next 20 seconds, if it was okay or not. You just have to let it go and come back again and again and again and again. And little by little, it doesn't stick to you so much. That's the idea. You do your practice and you live your life. You, you wouldn't be noticing those stories, if you didn't have the desire to be free of them already. So now you also have the tools and the techniques to help yourself loosen up the grip of those that those stories have over you. Do your practice and just notice that you get stuck again and again. And then you judge yourself for being stuck. And then you judge yourself for judging. And then you get angry for all this stuff. And then you're a wreck again. So... Practice letting go and coming back to the sound of the name. That's all you have to do. Let go, come back. Let go, come back. Let go, come back. You don't have to keep score. 
Scorekeeping is just another way of evaluating. And we'll use that evaluation to judge ourselves and hate ourselves because that's what we do. So, I'm sorry that you had those programs put into you when you were a kid by people who didn't know any better. Uh, but now you're older and you have a vote as to how you go through your day. So use that vote and take it easy and do your practice and treat other people well. That's all you have to do. Whoa, quarter to nine already. That's pretty much it. Um, do I visualize in the translation of the Hanuman Chalisa as I chant? What are my favorite lines? Well, I wouldn't say that I visualize the translation because at this point in my life, I actually understand the Hindi. And sometimes I pay attention to the understanding of the names, of the, of the words, the meaning of the words. And sometimes I just stay with the sound of the words. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, it's a meditation technique. It's meditation as well. So I try to pay attention. When I notice I'm gone, I come back. Sometimes listen, hearing the translation in my head meaning of the words is, is helpful uh, and sometimes it's too hard to do so I just listen to the sounds as I'm singing um, yeah I don't know uh, my ability to actually pay attention <sighs> the brain fog you know I have Lyme disease so there's a lot of brain fog these days and I'm not always able to actually uh, really be sharp in my attention. Mostly I'm in a fog, so at least when I'm chanting, I'm much more uh, able to be there. So that's why I like to chant so much. Let's do a Hanuman Chalisa together. I would imagine that we all know people who are suffering terribly right now. More than we are. So I'm going to dedicate my recitation to those people that I know that are sick and suffering feeling alone and hurt and lost. And I invite you to do the same. And at the same time that I do that, I'm also recognizing that Maharaji knows what to do for everyone. And it's not my job to tell him what to do. So, my job is to be with whatever 
is in my life the best way I can. But even within that, I can still wish the best for the people I know who are suffering. Calling out to hungry hearts Everywhere through endless time you who wander, you who thirst, I offer you this body mine. Calling out to hungry spirits everywhere through endless time. Calling out to hungry hearts, all the lost and the left behind. Gather around and share this meal Your joy and your sorrow I make it known Shri Guru Charana Saroja Raja Jamana Mukuru Sudhari Varana Raghubara Damalaja Jodayaka Palachari Buddhina Tanujanike Sumiram Pavan Kumar Siaram Palla Buddhi Vidya Dehu Mohi Hadahu Kalesa Vikar Siavararam Chandra Padaje Sharanam Jaya Hanuman Gyanda Gunasa Jaya Kapisati Humloka Puja Ramadurta Tulta Baladam Anjani Putra Pavana Sutana Mahavir Vikram Pajaran Matindavar Sumati Kesan Kanchanavaran Raja Subes Kanana Kundala Kanchita Kes Arta Bajarora Dvajavira Kande Mujajane Usa Shankara Suvan Kesarinanda Eja Mahajagavan Vidyavan Buni Ati Chatur Ram Kajakaribe O Atur Prabhucharitra Sunibe Korasir Ramalakam Sita Manavasi Kattarupa Dharalankacharam Bhimarupa Dhare Surasanghare Ramachan Kekajasamvare Laisanyeva Nalakananiyaya Shira Gubira Hara Shira Lai Bhagupati Kini Kortambarai 
mama priya bhavatai samavai sahasabadan tumaroja saga sakahi shri pati kantavaga nakadika brahmadi munis maradashara sahita agis yamakuber gapal jahante kabhi ko bidkai sate kahante mupakar sugriva inkina rama melai rajapadadi maromandra vibhishanaman ankeshvarabai sabjagadan Kasahasura Jodhana Parabhan Iliyotai Mudra Palajan Prabhu Mudrika Elimukamahi Chaladilangigaya Charadjanahi Purgamakaja Jagata Kejete Sugama Anubhartumarete Sukhlahe tumhari sharna Tumhara chakrahu kodaran Appana tejo samaro ape Ino loka hankarten kampe Kutta sashna katana hai ave Mahavir javanamasuna Seroga hare sabbapir Chappata nirantara hanumatavir Sankatateham anachurave Manakamambachan dhyanajola Sabapararamata pasviraja Tinake kajasakalat masaja Ramanorata Choko Elave Sovya Mitha Jeevana Palapad Chayuga Paratapatuma Peppadasid Chagata Ujjayad Sadhu Santake Marakavare Suranyakandana Siddhino Nidhikedata Asobardina Janaki Mata Rama Rasayana Tumare Pasa Sadaroho Raghupati Kedasa Tumare Bhajana Rama Kopala Janama Janama Kedukha Bisara Lord Devata Chitta Nadarai Hanumat 
दसै सारव सुख करे संकट कटे मिटे सब पीरा जो सुमेरे हनुमत बलवीर जे 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 हनुमान को सा कपा करो गुरुदेव की नाई जो सत बार पाठ कर कोई about path at all. If we understand that there might be a way to live in this world in a good way, 
with an open heart and without fear. It's only because of the great beings that have gone before us on this path. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. So, in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us be safe, all of us be happy, all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and that ease of heart, that ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life. Take good care, be safe, stay well, namaste. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now.